Welcome to Live from My Office. This is Steve Cochrane, your friendly and talented Live from My Office host. How do I know I'm friendly? Eh, people say so. How do I know I'm talented? The voices in my head say so. I'm glad you're here for who knows what number episode this is. But we'll talk about that with Nick DiGilio, who is the special guest on this episode. Uh, Nick D's happy. That's a good thing. And it's not something I generally associate with Nick. But no, he is. He's happy. And on this new episode, we talk about podcasts. We talk about radio. We talk about how we're both nuts for Saturday Night Live. Matter of fact, we're going to play clips. Nick devoted an entire episode of one of his podcasts, which is called That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years. It's a podcast specifically devoted to Saturday Night Live. And um, his favorite sketch, uh, the potato chip sketch, which is very bizarre. An acquired taste, if you will. So I'll play a bit of a clip from there. And I talk about my favorite sketch, which is Celebrity Jeopardy, hosted by Will Ferrell. And we even give you a clip of Will Ferrell with Sean Connery, as played by Daryl Hammond, and with Burt Reynolds slash Turd Ferguson, played by the late great Norm MacDonald. Uh, it's not just clips, kids. It's Nick DiGilio and me talking about uh, the state of entertainment now and where it may or may not be going. And uh, some very sweet moments uh, about him battling addiction and uh, how he misses the audience that he kept entertained when he was up all night for all those years on the radio. It's a pleasure to have him here as a guest and uh, on the radio with me on the Big 89 WLS, where you can hear me Monday through Friday, 530 to 9. So let's get on with it. The Nick D interview about the Nick D podcasts and all the other stuff we've talked about and even a little bit about his new girlfriend on live from my office. Well, you know, one of the cheap thrills of having a podcast, and don't act like you don't know this because all Americans have to, by law, now have a podcast, is to be able to put your friends on. Except in my case, my friends are more talented than yours. And uh, my friend Nick Giglio, um, who, who he and I worked together on the radio together for, for forever and is now a big part of the Steve Cochran show on WLS in Chicago and wherever you listen around the country, around the world. Uh, Nick Giglio has two very, very entertaining, interesting, funny, great podcasts. I want you to listen to. We'll plug them incessantly in a second, but Nick's here. Hello, buddy. How are you doing, Steve? Always great to hear from you, buddy. Nice to have you back on live from my office. Been a while, man. Been a while. Been I don't. While. I think the last time that I was on your podcast was right before I launched mine. So it's been. So how many long. shows in are you now? Podcast wise, uh, yeah. for the for the podcast one thirty. Wait a minute. Hold on. Let me look. At I was listening the other day. Right I thought you said one sixty something. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. You might you, know more. It'd than be I weird do. if I knew it better than you did. <laughs> uh tomorrow i'll be recording number 169 yes you know better than i how the hell do you know better than i do what 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 is well, going on here i'm a fan yeah 160 fan. 160 168 at this point yes uh yeah, i get all we've confused because i'm 32 in on the other podcast so that's why I'm yeah and we've got basically double that because we got a head start on you uh but the great thing about podcasting is that it allows uh you and i to continue to do what we do best and that's talk to people yeah. and do entertaining shows. And it's different than the other podcasts that people listen to because 99% of them suck. Um, <laughs> but they've muddied the waters to such decree that it's tougher to get noticed than it used to be. 
and all of that has changed. So anyway, we'll talk about platforms and and all of it. But you're now are you are you two years into this? It'll be in well, yeah, uh, eight. Was, yeah, 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 yeah. To, a little over two years. I started in January of 2022. So yeah, January 2022 is when we when we launched. Your year and a half. It's been a year and a half. Yeah, about a year and a half. And um, my first guest was uh, Sven Gulli. Rich Coes was my very first guest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been, we've been, we've been, I've been having a great time doing it, man. Um, it's a different animal though, as you know, a completely different animal than radio. Um, it is, I, it I, is completely I, different and, yeah. and you've got great help. Who's your sidekick? Uh, my sidekick is Esmeralda Leon, who uh, did traffic for me on overnights when I was on WGN. And, um, when I asked if she wanted to like, uh, be like my cohort during the last segment of each podcast, she said, yeah. And so it's always great to have her on because we really like each other and, and uh, we get along really well. And she's a fun, she's a fun person to bounce stuff off of. So, yeah. And you heard what I heard when she was on the radio and going, well, she's got a lot more in her than doing traffic reports. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's funny, you, you know, like, you know, that being in the, in the radio business, when someone, when you get somebody who, who becomes a part of the show is supposed to do something like little, and then you go, wait a minute, this person's really funny or really smart. Let's let them talk more. And then there was a point where, you know, when you work with certain radio stations where they go, yeah, you're talking to that person too much, which of course doesn't make any sense to me. Like if it's good, right. right. Why do you limit it? Why do you want to limit it? Like if this person is supposed to do traffic, but they're really funny and they add a lot to the show and conversation, why would you want to limit that? Because they're management and they're stupid. Yeah. Um, we could count the number of management that aren't stupid on one hand, but <laughs> you'd have to have only three fingers. Um, <laughs> right. You know, there's only a handful. Um, now look, here's the deal. You still do live radio with me. I uh, do. Radio's always been better with you on it. I appreciate my, that. my cheap thrill is that you'd be back on the radio live as well because radio, and I've been back for a little over a year now on WLS. Yeah. Um, but radio is in a tough straits again, because of bad management, people get up in the morning. They still listen to 90 some odd percent of America still listens to a radio or a radio show every day. I know every day. I know, and uh, yet the business has taken a pounding because uh, the people that own these places and run them don't do it very well. The company I work for, Cumulus, and you know me—I don't say this about management and companies—is um, the smartest of the remaining companies, um, and uh, and and they have some good ideas and bigger ideas because uh, we're all now apparently Nick, we're all in the content business. That's what it is, isn't it? Yeah, that's what it's been referred to uh, as content uh, by by everybody. Everybody I talk to now. When did content become the word, Steve? What do we know when that happened? It's do, very can recent. We pin that down. Is it? It's recent. It's very right? recent. I think yeah. it may have been may have been a side effect of COVID. Yeah, um, you know, it's causing people to say content, but yeah. um, but when you look at the content that's available, it's been so watered down. The standard for quality that what you had to do to get on the radio. And kids, so you know, podcasts, that's radio. We invented this a long time ago. Um, (laughs) It's radio. It's radio without commercials, traffic, news, and other things. Um, But the ability to do this, get an audience, keep an audience, entertain an audience, take care of a sponsor, all those things, that takes talent, that takes reps, that takes the ability to do this. You had it, have it, I had it, have it. And it's an important piece of this. But now since... The bar for entry doesn't exist, and if you got a thousand bucks, you can start a podcast the same way you did or I did, with mm-hmm. essentially the same equipment. You know, the kid across the street who can arm fart the Star Spangled Banner has the same 
you know, access to the Internet that I do and you do. Yeah, it's true. It's absolutely true. And and uh, and, I, and I and I see this all the time now, uh, you know, when I get response from people like, oh, yeah, I got a podcast, too. And I got a podcast. There. By the way, I do want to mention that I'm, you know, uh, I'm with uh, Radio Misfits. And you know what they're yeah, slogan we're gonna get is? To you. We're going to get to your blatant plugs. Believe me. Okay, but I, but I do want to I do want to mention what their slogan is because you know what's we, the we, slogan? The slogan at Radio Misfits. When you go to the website at the top, it says "Great Talk Radio isn't dead; it just moved to a better place." Oh, well, there you go. And I immediately was like, "Oh!" When I started to work with the with with uh, with these guys at, at Radio Misfits, I was like, "Well, I like your slogan a lot." That's a great slogan. It's much better than the one I use on the radio now, which is much more talk, much less music. Um, <laughs> Though both are true. Um, <laughs> all right. So so the difference between podcasting and radio, I mean, I have my theories, but what, what's the biggest difference for you? Well, I, you know, just that, I mean, at least, I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not sure, you know, what your process is for doing your podcast. But for me, like, at least when I when I worked at uh, when I worked at GN and, and you know, you've worked at roughly I'm looking at the picture over your over your right shoulder there and you've worked at about 17,000 stations. Um, this is, I worked, uh, I'm glad you brought this up. This picture yeah. over my right shoulder, for those of you watching the Zoom. Yeah. Um, my son did this for me. Those are the logos of every station I've been fired from. And um, <laughs> all right, it's every station I've worked at, but I've been fired from, you know, 10 of them. Um, right. uh, the WGN logo appears twice. Yes, it does. Because uh, I had two separate runs there. Yep. Um, and it's really, it's a sweet gift. It's a nice gift and it's a cool thing. And you look back and you go, wow, you had the benefit, the great benefit of not only knowing Roy Leonard, but impressing Roy Leonard to the point where he wanted to make you part of his world. Yeah. And uh, you became a baby movie reviewer and he welcomed your opinionated nature um, and gave you room to grow in it. So you didn't have to leave Chicago and coming up in the era that I came in, you're at the tail end of that. You're really part of a new era. Yeah. Because as you said earlier, painfully, I've got 10 years on you. Um, but, uh, you had the ability to start in the greatest radio market in the world and stay there, which is, you know, pretty rare. It's, it's, it's completely unusual. You know, like if I had a picture over my right shoulder of the radio stations I've been fired from, it would just have the WGN logo. That would be the only right. one there, but it's, right. but it's, it, and of course that's unheard of to, to spend 35 years at one radio station in the third biggest market in the country. It's pretty astonishing and weird. And a lot of people go, man, you're a jerk. You know, they get something. But it's for me, you know, the difference between doing radio and doing the podcasts as to get back to the question you asked, because I uh, forgot what it was, uh, is that, um, you know, when you walk into the radio station, there is a producer, there is an engineer, there is a sales department. Um, there is someone who's there to make sure that the equipment is done. You have this, you have that, you have, there's someone doing, you know, helping with this and helping with that. Uh, and like I said, producers and engineers and a sales department and a force behind it and management. Uh, that's all me now. You know what I mean? Like when I'm doing the podcast, I'm the, I'm the producer. Uh, I'm the oh, host. Man, man. I'm, yeah. I book the, I book the guests. I do this. I check the equipment to make sure it's okay. I'm the engineer. Uh, you know, uh, you know, the sales department doesn't really exist inside my apartment where I do my podcast. So it was an it was something that I really had to get used to, you know, because like walking into uh, WGN, talking into a mic, of which I'm really good at and running the board, which I'm really good at um, that. It was it's in, that was inconsequential at this point. It's like you're starting all over again. Um, you know, I still got the chops in terms of I'm able to communicate and tell good stories and 
interview guests and stuff. So I'm good at that stuff. But everything else that was left up to those other departments that don't exist anymore was now in my lap. And that's the big difference to me, at least. That's that's the big difference. No, I, I'd agree with that. I'd even extend it because that's the core difference for me as well. And now being back on the radio, I get that flavor of what I've always known. Um, but there's two types of live audiences you can work to. One is an audience in a club or a crowd. You've done plenty of stand-up. You've done plenty of live shows. Yeah. The other is a live audience that hears you on the radio yeah. or sees you on TV. Um, this is not a live audience. This is this is uh, a non-demand world we live in, and this is a non-demand one-on-one thing. So essentially, every time somebody's listening to this, it's an audience of one. Right. It's true. And, uh, and, and the other thing is, and that's another thing that I kind of had to get used to was because like there, there have been times when I, when I would be on the air and uh, we would talk about something and I'd go, oh, listen, what the hell? I can't think of a call, you know, 591, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and then yeah. somebody yeah. would call in and you could cut, talk to them. That doesn't exist anymore. You know, they have to know that. And then, like, I have a uh, I have a voicemail line that I have open 24-7. People can leave messages on when they listen to the podcast. And I get a, a lot of calls on that, and I get emails from people. But it's not immediate. It's not the same kind of thing that I used to get doing talk radio or that you get from a live audience. Like, I love working in front of a live audience. We've done the podcast live. Yeah, we do... Uh, we do shows at Zanies. Uh, we we're, we're, we do the podcast live. Me and Esmeralda and special guests. I just did a, a really incredibly uh, successful and fun live podcast at a horror convention, a horror film convention that I do called the Flash. Well, you're Weekend. great. You know, listen, you're great, great in front of crowds. But I think part of that too comes from your theater background because you know how to work an audience. Yeah. You know how to yeah. you know to be in front of yeah. an audience. So let's talk about these two shows. The Nick D podcast is what. The Nick D Podcast is a pop culture entertainment driven podcast that is similar to what I used to do um, on GN in that I review movies and I talk about entertainment and I have uh, specialty guests on who cover the entertainment world from music to TV to sports to wrestling to, uh, you know, to that kind of stuff. My partner is Esmeralda Leon and the last segment of each show is just Esmeralda and I bouncing stuff off of each other, talking about stuff that's happening in the world and pop culture like we always did. And then I have a different guest on each episode uh, from like the last guest that I had on was the director of this new horror film called Birth Rebirth. Um, um, and uh, I love having them on because I love their movie and it's a small movie and I wanted to give it a little boost. Um, so I had them on. Um, I've had, uh, you know, famous people on and non-famous people and people behind the scenes. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's, an, inter- it's an entertainment thing that's also uh, uh, driven by interviews, um, stuff that I used to do. And the other podcast, which is the SNL podcast, that's a completely which different is called. Animal. It's called that show hasn't been funny in years. An SNL podcast, and 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 I and you know, uh, Steve, I know you know this. I don't agree with that statement at all, and that's why I called the show that because everybody, you know, everybody, you know, this for years has always said, yeah, that show's not been funny in years, even though you know, even though it, it's been consistently the same kind of show for forty eight years. <laughs> yeah, and there's nothing else like it. Um, Meet the Press has been on longer, but you weren't watching that when you were in high school. Um, Do you agree with the general statement, the cliche that everybody's favorite cast is the cast they had when they were in high school? I do. Absolutely, I do. Unless you're uh, a total and immersed geek like I am. So uh, like I, I, I try to figure out what my favorite cast was. But but if I had to like just do it emotionally and say, what's my favorite cast? Clearly, it would be the first one. Because I started watching the show in 1975, um, and but when when that statement about the cast is your favorite when you're in high school, I think that's true. Except my problem was that when I was in high school, it was the it was it was that 
that period uh, of time for the most time that I was in high school, that period of time was when Lauren was gone and it was Ebersol and then um, uh, Gene Demonian uh, yeah, uh, took the dark over. side of the moon face. Yeah. And where the only highlight was essentially Eddie Murphy. So that was clearly not my favorite. <laughs> it was clearly not my favorite cast. So high school did not coincide with, in my world, the best, the best cast, but well, I think he, you're he, right. I think as a, as a, as a high schooler, that's the cast that you kind of attach to for sure. The Saturday and a lot of night live nerdery for you and I, as you describe it accurately is um, important though, because you've been able to do some really cool backstage things um, uh, when you do the podcast, uh, the Saturday night live podcast um, that you otherwise wouldn't be able to do if you hadn't immersed yourself in it, like breaking down sketches, like scientifically breaking down sketches and yeah. talking about them inside out. I think it's cool. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, no, that's something that, and, and, and this, you know, like there are episodes where I've just talked about one sketch. There's an episode, the first, the very first episode that I did, I, cause I wanted to know how I wanted to, I wanted to let people know how friggin' deep I was going to get. So the first episode of my podcast about Saturday Night Live, that, that show hasn't been funny in years is all about, it's a 50 minute episode about the potato chip sketch. It's this, it's, that's the whole thing. And for people who might not know who the potato chip sketch is, this well, insane you know what we're gonna sketch. Do? Let's play yeah. the clip. Let's play a clip of the potato chip. Oh, you got a clip. Okay. Okay. We got a clip right here. Let's go to the clip. Well, on behalf of myself, I would like to thank you, sir, for agreeing to take this meeting on what I presume you consider to be your very precious lunch hour. And I thank you, sir, for your entrance in outer space. So how long have you wanted to be an astronaut? As of 3 p.m. today, I will be clocking in at one day strong. Well, soon enough we will see if your dreams will become a reality here at the NASA space program. I sit in a state of deep anticipation. Oh, would you know that I don't have my space test in here? Oh, uh, space test, sir? It is a rubric by which NASA measures one's space potential. I'm gonna go get it out of the fridge. Sir, I will be waiting here patiently in the deepest of anticipation. Now, before I go, I'm gonna ask that you don't take any of these potato chips here. Because mm -hmm. I'm super hungry. Okay? So I'm gonna go into the other room and I'm gonna expect you to not touch any of those potato chips. Your potato chips are safe in my presence. I thank you, sir. Um. So you break it down and yeah. and people who are SNL or comedy nerds. Yeah, I think there's an appreciation for it and an understanding they don't otherwise get. You're, you're providing a service. <laughs> yes, I am a much needed service for all the yes. people out there who want to understand the potato chip sketch better. I, I I've talked about this, I think, but SNL as a vehicle drops into categories. It's a very small stage. And if you've ever been lucky enough to be there, you're kind of caught up in in all of the sensory uh, attractions and attacks that go on when you're there. Um, I've been to the run throughs and I've been to the live show. I've been in the writer's room and I've been around that place a fair amount. Yeah. But it's a very small place. And what you know, if you watch this show for years, because I was, what, 14 when it started mm -hmm. and I'm 62 now. So the whole run. There's 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 a, a limitation that you can do with sets. There's certain things you can do with sets, which is why you get the repeating categories all the time. It's easy to repeat a talk show set. Yep. It's easy to repeat a game show set. 
Yeah. It's easy to repeat um, a, a, like a house, a kitchen, a living room or a thing, living yeah. room right. set. Right. Yep. You can't produce giant sci-fi like things, um, right. though they've done some cool different things. But one of the things that that really jumps out is when you take one of those really tired places and you have a breakthrough thing and it creates the buzz that people are talking about for years. And for me, that's Celebrity Jeopardy. Yeah. But only hosted by Will Ferrell. Hosted by Will Ferrell um, with uh, Sean Connery played by? Uh, Daryl Hammond. Daryl Hammond, who's now the announcer on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the late, great Norm MacDonald is Burt Reynolds. Yeah, you mean Turd Ferguson. Turd Ferguson. And <laughs> I mean, it's just phenomenal. And it's always, always, always funny. Yeah. So, you know what? If you don't mind, why don't we do that? Here's a clip yeah. of Will Ferrell and Celebrity Jeopardy. Alex... Would it be all right if I picked the next category? Well, that depends, Sean. Are you going to take the game seriously? Indeed I will. And I'd also like to offer sincere apologies for the way I've been behaving tonight. Well, thank you, Sean. That means a lot. Why don't you pick a category? I'll take Latitz now for 800. Let it snow. No, it's not. It's a French expression. Bonjour, mademoiselle. I'd like to see la tits now. <laughs> ah! Burt Reynolds. <laughs> I, uh, I just remembered. You, you, you remembered what? I remembered who uh, Andre the Giant was. He, uh, <laughs> he was a giant, and he went by the name of uh, <clears throat> Andre. Why are you still talking about Andre the Giant? The answer is, this is the color of snow. What is yellow? Incorrect. Are you sure? I made some yesterday. Spelled your name on a snowbank. Of course, it was your mother's handwriting. Ah! Ah! She was holding the pen. So to speak. I despise you. Burt Reynolds. Um... Why don't you give me uh, Andre the Giant for $1,000? No, it's not a category. Let's just go to potent portables. All right, so that's your funny, that's my funny. But I I just want you to know, I really love what you do with that Saturday Night Live podcast, and I think you got a home run with it. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. And I got to tell you, the feedback for the... Because I thought, you know, when I launched it, because it was just something I have... I have 48 years of useless SNL knowledge and obsessory in my brain. And I wanted to share it. And I love the show. And I wanted to be able to. And I've had some great guests. And I had Michael Longfellow and I had uh, Molly Kearney from from this season uh, on the sh- on, on the podcast. I had John Rudnitsky, who's a past, you know, uh, cast member uh, in in the future. I'm going to have, you know, other uh, you know cast members on. And I've had writers from the show on. I've had people who writ- who've written about the book. I, I had a guy on who wrote a biography of Phil Hartman. And then I just do episodes on my own. Like I just the one that's out right now is um, because Paul Rubens died last week. I did an entire episode just dedicated to the one time he hosted as Pee Wee uh, in 1985-86. And I and I on in that season and I and I go down and I play all the clips. What was good about the show? What was bad about the show? What was the best way that they showcased Pee Wee and stuff like that? So I get really detailed, but I got to say that the response to this, 
has been really surprising because people who don't really care or, or clearly don't care about SNL as much as I do have been saying, man, this podcast is really great. I'm learning a lot. Um, it's really compelling and it's very entertaining. And you're talking about stuff I've never heard about before. And I dig up old interviews that I play and stuff. And so people who even just have a cursory knowledge or just kind of like SNL are really digging this podcast. And I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought it was just going to appeal to the nerds like me, the SNL nerds like me, but it's actually appealing to people across the board. And I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised by that. Really? Now we've gone through cast evolutions time and time again, but it's the approach the 50th season. Yeah. Um, they've got a weird one going on now because to bring in what amounts to about 70 or 80, 80% of a new cast of kids two yeah. years before the 50th is, you know, kind of bad timing, to be honest. Um, it doesn't have to affect the show, but we're sitting here in the summer of 2023 and you and I are in Chicago and we're waiting for the writers and the actors strike to get over yeah. um, because we don't even know if the season's going to start on time. But I like some of these new cast members, but like anything else, you don't walk in and own the place. It takes a while to get good. It's true. Um, and, and who it's do you true. like in this new cast of the well, last two or three years? It jumps out. Okay. I, I will say this because I, well, I love Sarah. I love Sarah Sherman very, very much. And I knew she's her great. when she's nuts she's, and she's great. Absolutely. And I knew her from the underground comedy scene here in Chicago as Sarah Squirm. And if you've ever, you know, if, and she just came back to Chicago, she played Talia Hall, uh, Talia Hall here in Chicago about a month and a half ago. And I went to see her and I, and I talked to her a little bit afterwards. She's amazing. And like, I remember when she got cast, Steve, because I knew her from Sarah Squirm. And when I was like, what is she going to do? You know, like, what are they going <laughs> to, how is anything that this woman does, how is any of that going to be appropriate, even for Saturday Night Live, even for, you know, right. 1130, you're like, she's very out there and very gross and very weird. And yet she has really fit in. And the stuff that she does on Update, where she rips apart Colin Jost. And, you know, talks about how she's going to call HR and Colin Joseph's this and Colin. Brilliant. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Uh, so I really like her um, of the new people. I really I thought everybody did. it. I think Devin Walker was underused um, this first season. Um, but I thought Michael Longfellow made a really good impression. I thought Molly Kearney made a really good impression as well. Um, Marcella Hernandez, I think, is very funny. He reminds me a lot of Freddie Prinze, um, especially when he does update stuff. But uh, you know, actually it, interrupt your answer by explaining that the show is cast. So there's great stories through the years of people who auditioned for the show, didn't get the show because they already not, had some. By the way, I, I did it. I did an entire episode about people who famous people who got passed over. Right. Uh, because they already guessed. had somebody who did yeah. that. Yes. So talk a little bit about that for a second, because Lauren Michaels and company through the years, they look for somebody who can be the yeah. fat guy. Um, right. The, you know, the, the ethnic, Hispanic, the, the ethnic guy or ethnic girl. The impressionist American or the impressionist, yep. right? The impressionist and the weirdo. Like those are kind of the, you know, like, cause you know, like Kate McKinnon is not there anymore. So you, you've got to have a weird chick. And so Sarah has kind of stepped up and taken that and, and kind of taken that part. But I mean, you know, you have your, your archetypes that exist in every cast member since 1975. And it became more blatant as the years went by when, when Lauren Michaels clearly was like, okay, we have to fill this void. We have to fill that void within the cast. And, um, but and, and the other thing is that it, what's grown, and I know that you know this, Steve, is that sometimes they will hire people who might not necessarily be really strong for sketch comedy. Like they can't do impressions. They're really not good at character stuff. But man, they will kill if they take their material and kind of apply it to update. 
And that's exactly how Pete Davidson took off. Like Pete Davidson can't do impressions. He's just kind of like a dope eyed young dude. And his well, Colin, Justin, Che. Yeah, Colin, Justin and Che. I didn't like him in the beginning. They've grown on me. I think it's one of the best weekend updates ever. I agree. And I totally agree. Those two guys can't do sketches, but they're brilliant on the update desk. Exactly. And, you know, and some of the people are like that. And they brought in like um, like, for instance, I will say this. But you talk about like casts that it takes a little while. I'll tell you something. For me, the most improved cast member um, in the two years he's been on the show is Andrew Dismukes. Because when he first started, he kind of had to fight for airtime and he wasn't he they weren't giving him a lot to do and he wasn't very funny. And I was like, I don't know about this guy. I really don't. And then, as you know, between last year and this past season, the year before in this past season, they lost a lot of people like there was an exodus um, and they they lost some major people. And so Dismukes stepped up and this past season. Uh, he was amazing. He was unbelievably funny. And I now he's now like one of my favorite cast members. Um, and but in that first season, I was like, nah, I don't know about this guy. So it's hard to tell. There have been people in the past, Steve, as you know, who are um, enormously talented, but we're just not cut out for SNL. I mean, there are so many cast members like Sarah Silverman is an amazing stand up comedian, not cut out for SNL. Janine Garofalo. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Julia Louis-Dreyfus, uh, you know, she was on. She was miserable for three years. They asked her, I remember in one, in, I think it was David Letterman, asked her, what kind of stuff did you do on, on Saturday Night Live? And she said, oh, yeah, I'll hold the door for you, Mr. Gumby. That was essentially what she did. Right. <laughs> she, was on, right. she was on, you know, when 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 Eddie was on. Um, and there are people who were just not cut out and who last like, like um, you know, Jenny Slate, who's an enormously talented actress. You know her from Parks and Rec. She's the voice of Marcel Deschel. Uh, she lasted one season because she's she dropped an F-bomb on her first night. So there's people like that and stories like that where incredibly talented people who failed on SNL, you know, like Rob Riggles, another guy, Rob Riggles, unbelievably funny. And he spent like two, two seasons on SNL kind of being lost. So it's a different, it's a different kind of thing. There's three cast members we haven't mentioned yet that I think are tremendous. We're still in kind of a golden age of female cast members on the show. who are not always appreciated. As a matter of fact, I would argue the original cast, um, which had a phenomenal, miraculous collection of some of the funniest women ever. Um, it was years, years before they really started to appreciate and find great yeah. women. And, and, I, use and, them appropriately. and, and Steve, really quickly, I, I personally think that for many, many years, the female members of the cast are always stronger than the men. They've always been. I, I've always thought that since around right around that that time when you had your Sherry O'Terry, Anna Gasteyer, Molly Shannon, that that group. Sure. Right around that time, the women have consisted, especially when Tina Fey took over as head writer. Like at that time, the women were really showcased. And there's the, the best cast members currently for the past like five years have been the women. Well, and, you know, Kristen Wiig was 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 Amazing. brilliant, is brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah. Heidi, Heidi Gardner and Chloe Feynman She's always make me laugh. Always. Um, Heidi Gardner, to me, I think is the best cast member currently. I think Heidi Gardner is the, regardless of whether women or men, Heidi Gardner to me is consistently the most brilliant and funniest person on that show. I love Heidi Gardner. And I love James Austin Johnson. And there's another interesting backstage thing. And I'm almost positive you've talked about this. But if you get hired to be a feature player on the show, you've yeah. just been sentenced to two years of not being a part of the regular cast. That's right. That's not the two seasons. That's 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 not a criminal penalty. That's just the way Lauren has always done it. And in the same way, they still write all night on a Tuesday and they don't have to. And it's not a cocaine factory anymore. Right. Lauren Michaels likes the way he likes it to be done. 
And that's the way it's done. So James Austin Johnson, I believe, is just now going to be a regular cast member. Like Sarah, he got hired the same time as Sarah and they're and and, uh, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, they will be bumped up to regular cast members. And he's the guy that does Trump and does all the amazing impressions. Yeah, he's an incredible impressionist. Also great. He does great character stuff, too. Um, And yeah, I mean, they had they both had incredible breakout seasons for their first seasons. And yet they're still there and featuring, you know, they're at the Sarah is the last one who's introduced. So so does this show that you and I clearly love, does it limp into its 50th or does it go in blazing or does it depend on the writing? I I think it I I really, you know, because I'm one of these people, I'm I'm of the opinion that SNL has always been pretty consistent. There have been, you know, peaks and valleys. But, you know, I I think going into the 50th year, I really think that that it's going to be it's going to build up to whatever will be Lauren's final year. My guess it'll be 49. My guess is next season will be his last year. And then the big rumor is, and I'm sure you've heard about this, is that they're 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 talking with uh with Tina Fey to come in and and take over and run the ship, which I think was be would be an, a great choice. Um and an amazing choice. Um so I oh, think if that it. happens, if that happens, if the 49th season next year, whenever it starts, if it ever starts because of the strike. Um, I think people will work their asses off to make sure that Lauren's last season is great. I think NBC will make sure. I think he will make sure he won't be as lazy, maybe <laughs> as he has been in the past. Right, and right. I think the cast and the writers will certainly go, look, this is Lauren's last year. We are going to kick ass for Lauren. And then if Tina Fey takes over in season 50, obviously that's going to be a huge you know, cultural thing. It's going to be, you know, there'll be TV specials. There'll be this and that 50th anniversary. And I think that first season that Tina takes over, it will again be, we're going to kick ass for Tina and we're going to make this show better again. So I just think that the next couple of seasons, if it's this transition of Lauren leaving and someone else taking over like Tina, I think that's a good sign for the show. And I think it's going to boost it up. That's what I think. All right. So um, that's part of the discussion that you could possibly get any given week on the show. Hasn't been funny in years, uh, which drops when? It drops every Wednesday, a brand new episode every Wednesday at, at RadioMisfits.com and all the platforms. It's everywhere. So, yeah. That's, and uh, that's, you can get that. Uh, and you should subscribe. The Nick D podcast, uh, much like the Nick D, Nick D show for all those years on, on GN before GN turned into the famous car wash. I've made it. Um, right. um, that drops when? That's Tuesdays and Fridays. New episodes on Tuesdays and uh, Fridays. So, uh, three times a week, I have uh, I have new podcasts going up. So that keeps me that keeps me actually kind of busy. So, All right. So let me let me make you work a little bit before we run out of time. Um, let's talk movies for the summer and movies for the year. What's the best thing you've seen all year? Uh, the best thing I've seen all year is Barbie. Um, and I know that that's that you we've talked about it on your show. And by the way, I I, I do want to mention this. Uh, I want to thank you for for getting me back into uh into 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 live radio and doing your show. Um, I'm kidding. Thank you. It, it's a highlight for me every time I come down to the studio and every time I get back into because, you know, like I said, it's different. I'm in, my, I'm in my dining room right now. You know, I'm wearing a pair of shorts. You know, we need to get you out of the house. I get it. Yeah. And and but, I mean, this is not broadcasting. I love doing the podcast and I love it. But like being at WLS, which is a legendary radio station and being in a radio studio with a producer, with an engineer and with people in the room and with you as the host working off of you, because you and I work, I think you and I work really well together, Steve. I think we've I totally agree. And and I love it. And every time I come down there on a Friday morning to talk movies or just shoot the shit or whatever we do, I have a great time. And it makes it just it's a highlight for me. And getting right. back in getting back into the into the studio, into a radio studio 
came at a time when I was like, you know, it was a little weird. And I want to thank you for that. But it's but I look forward to it. I really every time I walk into that studio on a Friday morning, it's great. So let's go behind the scenes a little bit with your life. Mm -hmm. How many movies will you see during a busy time in a given week? To just like on average, because sometimes it's yeah. busy, sometimes it's slow. I, you know, I, I, I probably see at least five films a week, and between, that's in theaters or in screeners. At sometimes, home. sometimes screeners at home. So I, I, there are at least three to four screenings a week, um, at least. Like this past week, I just last night and the night before, I was at a screening. I was at screenings each night. I've got one tomorrow. All right, um, so then, the best movie of the year is Barbie, and we. I think it's about Barbie, but really, really close. There's the a radio. horror. There's a horror movie called Birth Rebirth that just opened that I that I'm a. Well, big fan. let's not skip over Barbie because yeah, there's Barbie. some men. There's some men who haven't seen it yet. Um, <laughs> and well, Bill Maher saw it. <laughs> give me, give give me the elevator pitch on why it's great. I think it's. Uh, I think Barbie is a uh, it, it, first and first and foremost. It's unbelievably funny. It's unbelievably joyous and it's unbelievably entertaining. And then on top of that, I think it is also an incredibly surprisingly brilliant and subversive satire. Um, it talks about the difference between men and women in a way that I think is hilarious. I think Greta Gerwig is a great satirist and it is filled with incredible performances. When you walk out of that movie, like I've, I've seen it three times now and, and, and every time I've seen it, I've cried, I've laughed. Um, I felt moved by it. I think its message uh, is very important for I think that, that, that it's a very important pro woman film. And the message is made clear about that. I think it also brilliantly takes on, you know, the fact that um, Mattel actually okayed some of the material in this amazing. movie is amazing to me. Um, it's very critical of that. So I think it's a great satire and it's a great movie about the the difference between men and women. And just on the simplest of levels, the music is great. It's beautiful to look at. It's a lot of eye candy. And everybody in it is great, especially Ryan Gosling, who is unbelievably funny as Ken. And uh, and I love the and movie. Just I, I love it. I just think it's great. And I mentioned as a method actor, he actually had his own uh, scrotum <laughs> shaved down and smoothed out. So <laughs> yeah, he'd be just like, just like Ken. <laughs> um, you said secondly is a horror film. It's a film called Birth Rebirth, which is a, a small film that they actually premiered here in Chicago at the Chicago Critics Film Festival. I saw it last May, and it opens uh, as we tape this. It opens the day after tomorrow. Uh, it's an extraordinary movie that that reminded me. It's a combination. Here's let me just put it to you this way to sum it up, Steve, really quickly. It's like a combination of uh, classic Mary Shelley uh, Frankenstein, a classic like Dead Ringers body horror David Cronenberg movie, and Monty Python. And that's the it's kind of put that all oh, into a mixture, and it's wow. got that kind of black comedy sense of humor running through it. It's a brilliant movie um, that's only going to have a brief release in theaters, and and I think it's I think it's one of the best movies of the year. But I also liked is it is it, God are you are you there? God, it's me, Margaret, a lot. Right, right. Um, and I liked uh, John Wick. I thought uh, Ray Romano's movie uh, uh, Somewhere in Queens is unbelievably entertaining. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, some of the other ones, I like the I like the comedy with, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, the, uh, the, uh, no hard feelings. I thought that was a really mm -hmm. funny movie. And there's been a lot of, a lot of really, really solid, uh, solid films this year. Yeah. And then the upside to the Oscars, uh, having uh, 200 entries now for best picture is they finally have to include comedies occasionally. Uh, what about the worst side? Because the worst movie could be something that flops spectacularly that was yeah. supposed to be better, or it could yeah. just be a bad movie. Well, I, you know, I mean, if you want to see the most entertaining worst movie that I've seen, I mean, this is like on, we talked about this on your show, Steve, but uh, on your radio show, when, um, 
you want to see a movie you want if you want to see a movie that's on the level of like plan nine from outer space mm-hmm. you want to see a movie that's mm-hmm. so terrible that you will laugh your ass off the whole time it's a movie called spinning gold and it tells the story <laughs> of casablanca records and it is so bad and so awful that like the lead actor is it's the worst performance i've seen but it is like laugh out loud funny incredibly inaccurate it's so bad and so like strange that they couldn't get the rights to the actual recordings of the music despite the fact that the son of the president of Casablanca Records wrote and directed it they still couldn't get the rights to all the music and Kiss is portrayed in the movie as you know because they were with Casablanca Records and they couldn't even get the design of the makeup so they had to like it's because I was a Kiss fanatic when I was a kid I was in the Kiss armors and I'm watching the movie and they come out I'm like that's not Gene Simmons what design what the hell is this then I found out that they it's so bad that they could not get the rights to the actual makeup design so that's how bad but spinning gold is one of the worst you can't miss terrible movie absolutely yeah absolutely all right all right well you talk about movies on the nick d podcast of course and next time we do this um we've got to talk about you know a number of things we didn't have time to get to and uh, these to me have become eternal questions are movie theaters going to survive what's a celebrity anymore does talent matter yeah. You know, how do you get noticed if you're a kid coming up? Is art art or do we need a new name for it? These are all things we'll answer down the road. And I, I but, think the um, answer is tick TikTok is the answer to all of that. A hundred percent. Um, but uh I want to say two things to you. One, I want to congratulate you because I'm gonna out you now in the fact that you have a new girlfriend. Oh man. Yeah. I, I mean, did you ever expect that, Steve? Knowing no, me? to be honest with you, I thought that the that I thought that team said no Nick. Yeah, I, I thought I thought that's that that thing that boat sailed a long time after at, right around divorce number two. I thought, well, hell, I'm not doing this crap again. No, I, it's and the weird thing is this woman that I'm with now. She's lovely. This is a cool down the kid standby. This is a cool love story. This is somebody you you met when? Uh, 1986. Met her in 85. Uh, but so we're talking 38 years ago. So we dated briefly in 1986. You know, hey, here's a, I didn't tell you this detail, Steve. So we dated briefly in 1986. We dated for a few months in 1986, and we got along just swell. You know what? You know what was the, my first date with her? Was the first movie I ever took her to? Here we go. What was it? <laughs> the Fly. David Cronenberg's The Fly. Was the... <laughs> well, you know what a lady likes. <laughs> yeah, man, I know chicks real well, and I know they like to be called you, chicks, which is why I refer to them as chicks. Know, you know what a lady likes. <laughs> the cool thing about re-meeting somebody later in life is. You can go back and laugh about how dopey you were. Absolutely. Or, you know, the fact that you didn't uh, stick it out then. But I, I hope yeah. this works uh, for as long well, as you want it to. No, we're 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 really digging each other. You know, we knew we've known each other off and on. We dated in like 86 and then we kind of would touch base with each other every once in a while. And she's lived all over the place, all over the world in different parts of the country and stuff. And she she relocated back here to Chicago. I got in touch with her and I don't know what the hell's wrong with her, but we're we're seeing each other now. I love so, it. I love yeah. It. I'm happy. I'm happy. And, and, you know, the last time you were on the show, I got a question, which I thought was really interesting. And I've not asked you this. Um, and then I'll tell you the thing I'm proud of um, and make you uncomfortable. Okay. But, um, do you miss being up all night or are you still up all night? I'm still kind of up all night. Um, I, I missed. I, I will say I'm not going to lie. I absolutely miss talking on the radio all night without question. And that's the that's the one thing that I miss about not being at the car wash. I, I don't miss the management. That's for goddamn sure. But. I do miss connecting with my late night listeners because that was, you know, and as you know, Steve, um, you know, when you guys came back and you, you came, came back to, to, to car, to GN and you started doing mornings and, and Jimmy was there and Todd was there. 
Um, I was asked several times, and I know you know this. I was asked several times to change my time slot to like, hey, you want to do midday? I made the call. I mean, listen, Jimmy DeCastro, <laughs> Jimmy DeCastro is a genius. He's one of the three we mentioned in the top of this. I love the man. I love the but man. Yeah. Jimmy DeCastro uh, and Todd Manley and I were like this, this, this three-headed monster in the beginning until they told me I had to go home and sleep. They basically wanted to kick me out of the meetings, but you know what I'm saying. Um, but one of the things that came up was well, we had to have Nick on in prime time. And I, I promise you, I, I said, not going to do it. He's not going to do it. And they had me make the call to you to say, there's some more money in this. Obviously, yeah. it's prime time. You can change your life. And you said what? I said, I'm not leaving the overnights. Um, exactly. exactly. I'm not leaving overnights. And I, and, and I had and because I love those people. I love the people that listen overnights. I love the people that are working at three o'clock in the morning. I love the people that can't sleep. I love the people who um, are going. Maybe they're sad. You know, maybe they're taking care of someone or maybe they're like like me. You know, maybe they're recovering from, you know, a, a, you know, alcoholism or some sort of addiction. And you're up late at night when you're doing that kind of stuff and you need that kind of company. And I never took that time slot lightly. Um, I loved that time slot and I loved the people who, you know, listened at that time slot. So, yes, I do miss that. I miss I, I, I miss connecting with with an audience in, in the overnight hours. And I would love to be back doing that again. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm connecting with people on your show, which is lovely. And I'm connecting with people on my podcast. So and, I'm, and I get to crack jokes and shit. So that's funny. Yeah. And and here's the thing. And you just mentioned it briefly. I'm proud of, you know, I I, I grew up around Olympic level professional drunks. Yeah. And I was a, an Olympic level professional codependent problem because um, my brother in particular, um, uh, who is really a hero, not just to me, but to I love the people. guy, man. I love him. Mickey, who asks about you all the time, by the way. Yep. Um, but Mickey is uh, has special needs and he was a vicious alcoholic for uh, almost 40 years and nearly died multiple times. Um, I went through treatment seven times and saved himself people all the time would say to me uh oh it's so great what you did for your brother i didn't do anything and the ultimate truth is when you're addicted you have to decide you want to live more than you want to die and and that's exactly what he did and now this guy with special needs who was told i was told about him he'll never be able to wrap his head around the cure he's the guy working with people who are allegedly normal to try to get them over the hump and he sponsors people and all that so there's all those good things but I remember when you hit bottom yeah. and I remember, you know, calling you at one point um, after you were fired and, uh, and, and, you know, kind of giving you the big brother riot act that I'd done before. Um, but in this case, it was about you making a decision to save your own life. And I'm just super proud of you. I've said it before. Let me say it again. I'm super proud of you to pull yourself up to do this. It's not easy. It's, it's impossible for a lot of people. And thank God you did it. He said, I'm going to live in this girlfriend and what you're doing and this connective tissue to the audience. I mean, this is the reward. Thanks, man. Um, I, I appreciate that. Steve, you've always been in my corner. Um, and like you've said, you're the older brother I never asked for because I'm an only child. And I don't know what the hell to do with an older brother. Jesus Christ. So but no, and I appreciate that. And I know it's heartfelt. And it, and um, and I got to say, I'm going to say it. I'm proud of myself, man. I am. I'm going to say it because um, it was somebody's listening now who is struggling. What do you say to him? Uh, it, 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 you can do it. it can, and look, man, if I can do it, you can do it. And uh, the other thing, the other, what I really want to emphasize is that it's, it's important to make sure that you're connected to people. It really is important because that was, I mean, when I got fired from GN after 35 years, I dropped, I, you know, I fell off the wagon after being sober for five. Right. Um, and I dropped off the wagon and almost died. I drank for six weeks straight, didn't eat, just drank. 
And when I got out of it, I, I reconnected with people and I reconnected with my folks and I took about a year to get my stuff together and to reconnect with people. And it was important to have that dialogue with people. And that's when I realized, okay, I'm going to do this podcast. I'm going to try and do things slowly. I'm going to take it one step at a time. And so like, you know, like, what is it? I, I, I launched the podcast a year and a half ago and it's doing really well. And I'm now on your radio show every Friday and I got a girlfriend and, and, you know, things are, things are, things are life's, looking pretty good. And you're living in the greatest city in the world and life's pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. So reach out to people if you need help. That's all. Make those calls. And there's also, you know, as Craig Ferguson once said, if you need help, there is this thing in the phone book that's very near the beginning of the phone book. There's this place that's really close. When you open up the, you know, to the A in the phone book, it's right near the top. You make a call there and they might uh, be able to help you out as well. AA is miraculous. And for those of you too young to know what a phone book is, Google it. <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just showed my age right there. Jesus. Uh, okay, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, Google, a- Google AA. It's very yes, easy to Google. Google. Yeah. Honestly, Google <laughs> AA and, and, you know, show it to somebody you love, exactly. uh, including yourself. <clears throat> All right. We will do this again, but let's remind people again, where do you get the Nick D podcast? The Nick D podcast and uh, the Saturday Night Live podcast are both available at radiomisfits.com. Um, and we stream 24 7 radiomisfits.live where you can hear both my podcasts uh, on, on that on that streaming service as well. But yeah, the, the Nick D podcast and that show hasn't been funny in years. Uh, available at radiomisfits.com and every platform out there. And here, Nick D with me on the radio on the Big 89 WLS most Fridays yeah. uh, and uh, streamed all over the world, wherever you are, get it or listen live here in the uh, great Midwest to one of the greatest radio stations of all time. I'm not advocating you listen after nine. I'm just saying, listen, five 30 to nine right. and you'll be entertained informed and be told the truth. Yeah. Um, but it's great. It's great to be there. And I, you make the show better when you're on. So thank you, buddy. All right, man. Thank you very much. It's live from my office. That's Nick DiGilio. You got a comment, a question, anything you want to know? Send it to me and I'll send it to Nick. I'll send it to Nick. The Cochran Show at gmail.com. And we're back after this. I'm not young, feeling old. 40 years on the talk radio. No Starbucks, no latte. Diet Coke is how I start my day. Love the interviewing, who, what, where, and why. I started to cry, cause I remember I. I can't stand early hours, waking up 3 a.m. So pissed when I'm in the shower, most people sleep and dreaming. Driving in on I 90, yeah. And two with closed eyes No one sleeps at speeds better than I I need to sleep in Oh, I need to sleep in Just need to sleep in Yes, I need to sleep in my car When I drive Can't remember how I just arrived Bag so big On my eyes on the plane have to check when I fly I just wanna sleep and tell the clock goodbye I started to cry cause I remembered my My Cochran shows in the morning It's at 5.30 a.m. Halfway through I start snoring Not even sure I'm breathing 
Just make the nine o'clock hour, yeah So I can wrap up and leave I just remembered my first name is Steve I need to sleep in, please, just let me sleep in I need to sleep in, God, I need to sleep in I need to sleep, I need to sleep in Just let me sleep, just let me sleep Half my brain is dying, the other half has died I started to cry, cause just this morning I I drove right past the station My blazer was a boat ride Several cops started chasing So lucky it was low tide The cops said, what were you thinking? Yeah, thank God you hit this sandbar I haven't slept forever I said I took a backseat nap inside my car I need to sleep in, please, just let me sleep in I think I'm tired, I'm so tired There you have it. And thanks again to Nick DiGilio. Listen to his podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. Drop me a note. Tell me what you think of Nick. Tell me what you think of me. Tell me what you think of life. If you have questions or answers, boy, it'd be great to get them. TheCochranShow at gmail.com. If you've never won anything, drop me a note and say, Steve, I've never won anything. You know what I'll do? I'll send you an app gift card from my friends at App Electronics. Uh, in the meantime, we always mention a charity. This episode's charity worth mentioning has to do with Maui and the horrible tragedy that's gone on in Maui. The wildfires, the death and destruction, the apocalyptic landscape. You want to help Maui on a local level and make sure your dollars go to work? There's something called Maui Strong, which can be accessed through the Hawaii Community Foundation. That's hawaiicommunityfoundation.org. And uh, go there and uh, see the details and help if you can. And thank you. Thank you as well to Ross Cochran. Nothing happens on Live from My Office unless Ross Cochran says it does. Thank you, buddy, for uh, putting together this episode again. I hope you enjoyed the bizarre clips, of the potato chip sketch, and, of course, my choice, the very funny celebrity Jeopardy clip. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. In the meantime, listen to the radio, the Big 89 WLS, Monday through Friday, 530 to 9, streamed anywhere in the world and on smart devices everywhere as well. I thank you for the support on the radio and the podcast and everywhere else you've supported me through all these years. We still have a lot more to do, and we do it on the radio and here on Live From My Office. 30 years plus on the airwaves. You have turned your dial to me. Now you're tuned into my podcast. It's live from my office, Steve. From Ithaca, New York, to Carolina South, W. Cochran Steve. From Minneapolis, and then Chicago twice, top rated shows achieved. Sit back, relax, and now listen to my show. When or wherever you are, cause you're on the go. A-list celebs with some laughs and great info. Live from my office, the Steve Cochran Podcast Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No better place to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Subscribe and like for free. Yeah, yeah.
so glad you're with me. Thank you for listening to Live from My Office, a service of Monkey Run Productions. All rights reserved. The podcast is hosted by Steve Cochran, and it's mixed, edited, and produced by me, Ross Cochran. Support the show by subscribing wherever you're listening and by telling your friends about it. Follow Steve on all social media channels, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And make sure you check out this episode's show notes for relevant information discussed during the conversations. You can also email the show directly at thecochranshow at gmail.com with any questions or comments. And that's the best place to tell us about your favorite nonprofit so we can make sure we mention them on the next episode. Steve is available for corporate speaking gigs. He would love to emcee your event. And occasionally, he's funny. Thank you for listening. Head to CochranShow.com for more.